When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. love each other. I'm serious. Our great poet Orton said, love each other or die. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is inspired, has been since we started it several years ago. The idea then was to take some of the lessons that I learned alongside my old college professor, Maury Schwartz, while he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease some 27 years ago now, and see if we could incorporate them into today's time. Many of them had to do with basic things that are important in life that sometimes you don't really recognize until you're threatened, or in Maury's case, you're about to die. And you realize, wait a minute, things like family, forgiveness, being present with other people, uh, giving to other people. These are all things that we kind of know in the back of our mind are, are the right things to do and important things to do. But we just get caught up with doing other things first. We get wrapped up in our own lives. We delay. We postpone. We say, I'll get to those things. I will. It's just, I've just got to get this thing done now, and then I'll get to those things. And then, of course, something terrible happens. We lose somebody. We get a bad prognosis. A job is lost. A life is upended. There's a fire. Some kind of thing that really leads you to say, boy, I never realized until... And then you start thinking about these things. So that was sort of the premise of the program. And during the first few months, even first year, we dealt with a lot of stuff that was inside the book Tuesdays with Maury because that's what we talked about. But as we touched on a lot of those, we began to expand out. And now we find ourselves at a very interesting uh, crossroads because today, as we record this podcast... Uh, The world is on the brink of a major war. There is a war going on within Ukraine, and people are dying at the kind of rates we haven't seen in a long time right in front of us on our television sets and through cameras and iPhones and iPads and the means. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Lisa Goitsch is alongside, as always, my friend and producer of this podcast, Lisa, how have you been dealing with all of this news? Have you been locked to the television? Have you been reading everything? Do you want to straight on yeah, it? Can't deal with it. It's really, it's really sad and scary. You know, I mean, I, I think in our lifetime, in my lifetime, this is the most. I mean, I was born, you know, during Vietnam, but I don't remember. I was a child, right? So, um, but it's the most real war. I feel that 
I've ever felt. Like I feel that there's a real chance of things happening beyond Ukraine. And yet I'm looking at these people. I think my biggest, um, it makes me just all choked up when I think about it. I, I, it's so hard for me to believe that one person, one human being is causing millions of people to have to flee their lives, like leaving their homes, their lives, their work, their children behind. Um, husbands staying, all of it is just mind-blowing to me. I can't imagine if we had to do that, if an intruder came into our country and everybody at the drop of a hat had to just leave with a suitcase. Wow. Like, right. it's, it's mind-blowing to me. I, well, I, I don't of know. Course, if, if someone were to just take everything that you just said, lift it, and, and transpose it back in 1942. Yeah. Everything would have applied. One man. Yes. Wrecking other people's countries, ruining other people's lives, forcing them out of the lives that they know, forcing them to leave. If you ever doubted the statement, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it, ah, mm -hmm. you should take it to heart right now. We are living Absolutely. through this. We are dealing with our version of, a, of an Adolf Hitler. Now, he's not motivated necessarily by the same things of wiping out particular races, but he is motivated by this demented view of huh. himself as the ruler of some empire that's supposed to dominate the world. Harkening yeah. back to a time when Russia was a far greater power than it is now. And it doesn't surprise me that he hates democracy he hates countries that people have a voice in, hates religion, hates anything where he can't be at the center of it all as yeah. the authoritarian telling everybody else what to do. And now we have on our television sets every day, on the radio, in the newspapers, all over the Internet, images of people fleeing their country, holding babies, you know, two babies mm. in one arm and a, and a child holding mm -hmm. onto their pant leg leaving behind husbands or older brothers or fathers who are declaring that they're going to fight until the end and the end will come quickly and they'll be slaughtered if they continue to resist. Uh, and we are just sitting here unable to, because of geopolitical alliances and fears that this could get even worse, unable to yeah. jump in and save them. And it is extraordinarily upsetting, extraordinarily nightmarish, of course, for the people who are most involved, then secondarily for their relatives, many of whom are in Russia. Yeah, they live I know, right, right. In the country that's attacking them. I mean, Russians have right. uncles and aunts and cousins and relatives in the Ukraine and vice versa all the time. This yeah. isn't a, when we were in Vietnam, there weren't a lot of Vietnamese Americans who are saying, wait a minute, how am I going to go over and fight in a country that that's my country? But that's certainly the case in Russia and Ukraine. And then the next level out, of course, Europe, which is right on the doorstep, and the next level out, just the rest of the world, who's watching with both empathy and impotence because we feel like we can't do anything. Yeah, that's the problem. And there the are people problem. yelling, well, get, get in there and stop them. No, 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 can't, we can't. Can't go in there because if we do that and we engage, then we're really engaged. Then we're at war with Russia and then it could come to us. And none of that is of much comfort to the Ukrainians. So 
how does this relate to what we talk about here on the program? Well, it should surprise nobody that Maury was quite vocal when it came to war and when it came to nuclear ambitions and things like that. He, he spoke about it all the time. He actually taught a class, believe it or not, regularly in the, I think, 70s and 80s about how to live with the nuclear threat. And I think one of the scariest things, if not the scariest thing, of the first week of, the, of this war was when Russian forces went into that large nuclear reactor. Oh, my God. Yeah. In Ukraine. And there was word at night that they had set a fire to it and the fire was close to the reactors and they didn't know if radiation was coming out. And then the threat that they were going to mine it, put mines all around it and use it as a as a wedge to the Western world that if we continued to sanction them or get in their way, they would blow it up which basically would be suicide for everybody in Russia too. I don't know how they, you know, consider that, but it certainly gets everybody's attention. And so when Maury taught this class in how to deal with the nuclear threat, he was basically teaching people exactly that. What do you do when you are worried about something like this that is so existential to you that's so outside? And yet these worries existed in the 70s and in the 80s. Remember Three Mile Island when that happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. And all the scares that there were with that. And, of course, Chernobyl when that happened. And so these are real things. And I found myself, I have to say, I found myself during this week having a hard time sleeping. It probably didn't help that I would watch the news at night. Yeah, that's... Probably a little it's very, better for your peace of mind if you don't. But I, I just feel obligated to. The people in Ukraine don't have the opportunity to shut the news off so they can get a good night's sleep. No. In fact, they're sleeping in subway stations. Yeah, it's just a really a feeling of helplessness, you know, because I think everybody, by the way, I'm seeing people across all political spectrums, everybody feeling the same way, you know, like everybody, I feel like we all feel helpless. We want to do something what should we do you 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 were just sitting by watching this happen and it's really difficult my i think the saddest part for me is watching these people roll these suitcases down roads walking 50 and some miles to get out of a country can you imagine right like and you find yourself wondering uh, the weirdest things like what did they put in that suitcase what's yeah that's their whole life is in that suitcase what did they choose and what did they leave behind what fits in there? What's the most important things? How, how is their life summed up inside the, 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 you know, a single case like that? And those feelings, by the way, those worries about nuclear things, as I say, uh, wasn't new to Maury. He taught about it. It was a subject that he dealt with. He even protested nuclear reactors. Here he is talking about a time that he did that. Most of the things I did by local. Mm-hmm. We went up to... Uh, New Hampshire to protest the uh, atomic, you know, that... Nuclear or, reactor? Right. Right. I went up there a couple of times, uh-huh. New Hampshire. What did you, did you, was it a sit-in? It was, oh. we sat around the place, uh-huh. we carried signs, we had little teach-ins. The police or, bother you? No, it didn't bother me. Uh-huh. I think it was pretty orderly. What I did do, too, was participate 
the sins, you know, right, and the talkings, where you know you talk about what was going on to the students. So I did a few of those things. Mm-hmm. I taught a course on uh, the nuclear situation right. for a few number of years. Did you think back then that you were going to make a difference in the sixties, and when you would sit in or carry a picket sign? Did did you feel then that you know this is going to change something if we just do a few more of these we're going to? Well, I felt hopeful that something might change. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it was going to happen right then and there. Mm-hmm. We realized, or I realized, that what was happening was cultural change, not systemic change. Mm-hmm. The system was going to be the same. Mm-hmm. The culture that stemmed from it. Mm-hmm. was different. So, in that little soundbite is the kernel of what we can share with you, the little but not insignificant thing that you can do to try to battle this current situation. When you can't go over and fight the war, when you can't airlift in and, and help the refugees or feed hungry people, when you can't help deliver weapons or defense mechanisms. When you're here, just stuck here with all this news, what can you do? Well, you heard what Maury said. The system might be the same. The culture that stems from it is different. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. If we can learn one thing from this current situation, this abhorrent, horrible, cursed situation, perhaps it is some perspective on our complaining, our injuries, our constant beating of our chests and thumping on the table about the wrongs that we have suffered. Somebody wrote very astutely last week, I guess all those microaggressions that we were complaining about don't look so big right now. And when you think about just a few weeks ago, the biggest arguments were people in this country, people getting upset over what pronouns they were being referred to as, or whether or not they had to keep a mask on, or flash a card, or whether their post should be debated or not, or if something had an insinuation of, oh, you you can't play that acting role because you're not of that background. These kinds of issues that we get so up in arms about and ruin people's lives and, and spit venom and vitriol, microaggressions, College campuses where people say, I don't feel safe because somebody said something that I don't like. Look around. Look at the world. Look at what's happening in Ukraine and see what real aggression looks like. Real aggression. Not somebody sitting in your seat. Not somebody who didn't remember how you wanted to be referred to or said something that you took in a way that felt like made you uncomfortable. 
this is aggression. Being chased from your home, being bombed indiscriminately, this is aggression. And when you say, well, yeah, but I don't have to, well, you can face that because there are parts, this is not the only place in the world where this is going on. All over parts of Africa, parts of the Far East, there are issues like this going on. There are issues where people are being really suffering at the hands of aggression, not microaggressions. So perhaps if we stopped complaining so much about our so privileged and cushy lives and spent more of our time actually trying to help people who were in real tough situations. And you can do it. You can do it by traveling. You can do it by making contributions. You can do it by volunteering. You can do it by just talking to people, reading up, learning. How are you spending your time? At the same time that this was going on, Lisa, I, I flipped on CNN uh, on their webpage. You know, big, bold headline about Russia making advances over Kiev or whatever. Uh, and headline, headline, headline. And then just right there in the middle of it was Kim Kardashian uh, appeals to judge that she should be single. And it was a whole story about how she went to a judge because she wants to be considered single from her divorce from Kanye West and it's not going fast enough and he's delaying things. And, and you know, and no, no knock against Kim Kardashian. She does her thing. But, like, this is where we spend our time. This yeah. is what we spend our time, like reading a story about that on the same page as these people who are, who are literally being bombed out of their homes. And yeah. I dare say that if you put up the two stories and said, well, which one's going to get read more? Which one's going to get more clicks? I'm afraid to say it would have been the Kardashian story times 10. Yeah. So if you want to feel like, well, what can I do? I feel so helpless. Change your perspective. That way, when stuff like this happens, you won't be so shocked. You'll understand how the world works and you'll understand some of the consequences of things that we do that affect the world. You'll understand the consequences of energy policies and understand the consequences of voting and understand the consequences of, of our international relations. Maybe get a little bit more concerned about who we're voting in to do certain things or not. Because these things really do matter. This is real life. This is real down and dirty, okay, what life is about. The same way in its own kind of much different setting that I sat with Maury and said, okay, this is real now. And he said to me that what I'm telling you is real. I'm not going to be here in a few more months. I'm going to be dead. We're not talking about the esoteric dead. We're not talking about the one day dead. We're not talking about it could happen sometime in the future dead. We're talking yeah. about this is going to happen this year. I'm going to die. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm trying to teach you what I know. Well, in its own way, this is what hap is happening in Ukraine. The people are going to die. Many, many, many of those people are going to die. Those brave people are going to die. They're facing their final days. And what they're choosing to do, what they're choosing to stand up for, what they think is important is something that we can learn from. And maybe apply to our lives in terms of what we're going to get upset over and what we're going to complain about and what we're going to go post things about or not. And maybe next time a microaggression gets in your craw, a pebble gets in your shoe, you'll say, well, you know what? Compared to the problems 
that people really have in this world, I have no right to be turning this into something. Let me save my breath. Let me save my posts. Let me, let me try to do something better for somebody else who's really suffering than just go out and tell the world, oh, how, look at me, how I'm being picked on. Picked on. This is picked on. Yeah. Like you said, Lisa, really driven is. from your home, everything in a, in, a, in a suitcase. A week ago, you didn't even think this would happen. This is picked on. This is, and this is happening, and this can happen to everybody. And I, honestly, much of what Putin was behind his decision to do this is a perception, right or wrong, that his enemies are weak and distracted. And he looks at this yeah. country, this is well documented, as, as silly and foolish and caught up in all these silly things. And so we don't have the will to battle him. Mm -hmm. We're too busy with our movie stars and our TikToks on our Instagram posts. Yeah, well, are really, we? Yeah, Are we? Do we really want to be cast that way? Do you want to be thought of that way? Do we want to prove that he's correct? Or do we want to maybe learn something from this whole experience and, and, and just change what matters to us and what angers us away from the small things or just about us, 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 me, 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 my world, my world, my world, and think about our place in the whole globe. You see how one country topples into another country, topples into another country. Those maps that you're constantly seeing now on the TV programs and on the cable news showing you, wow, I didn't, people are looking at that. I didn't know Poland was that close to Ukraine. I didn't know that people are getting geography lessons. And we see how close we all are to one another. We're very blessed over here in this country to, you know, we're kind of isolated. We've got oceans on both sides of us. We have South American continent beneath us, but, uh, but really only Mexico on our border and, and Canada on our northern border. And, you know, we're, we're at peace with our neighbors. And then there's oceans yeah. between us. Yeah, A lot of countries in this world thinking. are not that lucky. I was thinking that I'm like, could you imagine if Mexico, for instance, or something had a ruler um, or Canada who you can't imagine Canada because they're always just so nice. Right. right. But um, but if if one of those two countries had a ruler like this, who just was driven by such ego, it could easily happen. Right. I mean, yeah. this could be yeah. something that somebody could do to us. Right. Uh, well, I, I, I just, think people in Canada and Mexico imagine it more than we do. Like, well, what if America yeah. decides that they want to use all yeah, that right. power and all those weapons and just come down here and take this and steal Canada. <laughs> yeah. Steal Canada, steal Mexico. But see, again, you're pointing out something that, that speaks exactly what I'm saying. We've never had to worry about that here for the most part. I mean, we've only been hit once, only been hit once on our shores in terms of, you know, warfare, that being Pearl Harbor. Now, obviously we we've had terrorist attacks, some of them homegrown on our soil and some of them foreign but in terms of another country attacking us, another country. Yeah, yeah. Really, it's only happened once. Most people can't, aren't even alive anymore who remember that. We're running out of people who remember that. So that's a luxury. That's what I mean by it. we can invent these microaggressions and call them, you know, write columns about them and go on TV and complain about them and, you know, uh, talk about who said what at school or who said what on an airplane and turn it into a, you know, a, a, a cause celeb, a reason for us to get all worked up because we aren't threatened by countries that are right on our shore. 
right on our borders. But Europe doesn't have that luxury. And the reason that Europe is freaking out by this is because there are people there who still remember when one country right in the middle of Europe decided to attack oh, the others. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they know the reality of it, you know? And, um, and it really can just take one move, one move. Right. And uh, we Maury's, pray that that uh, doesn't One happen. of Maury's favorite expressions wasn't his, but it was from a poet. We must love each other or die. Love each other or die. I think it was W.H. Auden was the poet who said that, I believe. And he, he would say that all the time. We must love each other or die. And you see how, while that sounds like something just very poetic, you'd put in some, it really is kind of true. So what we can take from this is loving each other, being nicer to each other. If you want to do something about this, come to the realization that maybe we've been a little myopic, maybe a little self-centered. And just the fact that you can care about other people in a country that really doesn't have that much to do with us is a turn in the right direction away from our microaggressions and understanding of what real aggression is about and whatever we can do to try to put a stop to it and encourage people who lead us and our leaders and our elected officials to put a stop to it. So an unusual show today, not usually the type of topic we talk about, but Maury would have had a lot to say about this and Maury would have commented a lot on the worries and the fear and the anxiety that this is causing, not just at ground zero of the conflict, but all over the world. You're not alone in worrying about the fate of the world and our planet. Uh, let's see if we can't unite that and try to do something good with that. The fact that I'm worried about it, you're worried about it, Lisa's worried about it, means we have something in common already. Focus on the common, the thing, the common good that we have, and see if we can't get through this. We'll see where we are a week from now in looking back on all this. If you like today's program, we thank you, number one, for listening. You can find out more about Tuesday People, the podcast at wetuesdaypeople.com. That's our website. All the information is there and chat rooms and conversations and things like that. Find all our past shows as well. And you can find us wherever you get popular podcasts. Until we get a chance to have another conversation with you, on behalf of Lisa Goitsch, my producer and friend, I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday people.